Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Oh God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and we glorify you. Oh Lord, we love you today. We love you and we're careful to give you the praise, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We praise you today, God. You alone, oh God, are worthy. You alone, oh God, are worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Just wait on him just for a moment. Just just, uh, right now, just stay in an atmosphere of worship as he just moves through this place. Hallelujah, God. We glorify you. Lord, we wait on you. Have right of way, Father. God, move in your people, God, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We glorify you. We thank you, Jesus. You're too good not to believe. Thank you for your goodness, God. Thank you for your power in our lives. Father, we love you. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. We love you, Father. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we love you. We praise you, God. Oh, he's so good, isn't he, the church? Why don't you be seated this morning? Amen. He is so good to us. Hallelujah. If you're wondering, man, what is that? That's Holy Spirit right there. That's when God comes into a place and touches people's lives. And he ministers to us and he, he helps us. We serve such a good father. He's a good father. He loves us with an everlasting love. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's good to be back here today. Amen. Last week I was a little bit under the weather, but you know what? God is faithful. And he touched me and ministered to me and raised me up. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. But I'm not preaching this morning. So we have someone that we've invited to come. You may know him, you may not. He has been a friend for a very long time, good, close friend. We really appreciate him. Tremendous man of God, pastors in Flagstaff, Arizona. Let's just give a great big hand to Pastor Joe Whitinger as he comes. Amen. I actually, uh, last night we were having dinner, and I told him, I says, all right, whatever you do, make sure it's God. And I said, and we want to see lightning bolts fly out of your fingertips. We, got, we had sparks. This, there were sparks this morning. I saw a little spark, but we didn't see lightning, but we got the spark. So maybe in this service, the lightning will flash. Thank you, Pastor. I really appreciate the pressure you just put on me, so I'm really glad to be here. He ducked. Brother, you ducked. That was going right. I saw it. And you, you ducked. Maybe if I go underhand. It reminds me when I first got saved, I was witnessing to a friend, and I had a stick in my hand, and he, was just, he, was just, he didn't want to hear much about it, you know. And, and I just said, you know, I could throw this stick down and be a snake. And uh, I, I hadn't read the Bible at all. You know, I'd been only saved a couple of weeks, but I remember Charlton Heston had that in the Ten Commandments. 
And so, you know, I really, I, I, was, I really was believed, but I didn't. And uh, he just walked off, you know, and I had that stick and I just, you know, I just threw it down. I really half expected it to turn into a snake. And uh, it, it kind of freaked me out a little bit because then I thought if it did, what, what in the world would I do? Because Charlton, he grabbed it by the tail. You know, you're supposed to grab a snake by the tail. That's the worst thing you could possibly ever do. And so it just kind of freaked me out. But it, 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 I say that because um, it seemed like when we get saved, we're expecting God to break out in any fashion, in any way. And we would ask and pray such wild prayers. And uh, the, the thing is that they got answered. Uh, the, the snake didn't fall. And so when, when pastor said about lightning bolts, I, you know, well, why not? Let's try it. And uh, maybe something will happen. Now, if lightning comes out of my fingertips as I'm preaching and it hits you and die, don't sue the church. It just, we serve the, uh, a God, let me tell you, that I've discovered. Not, you know, when someone gets up and says, well, I want to tell you about God, you know, or what God's doing. I have no idea what he's doing other than what's in the scripture he begins to reveal to us. But the Lord we serve, and this is what I have to do. I have to clear my mind of, of uh, preconceived ideas because we were all raised in some kind of religion. It may not be a church setting. It may not be a denomination, but we believed in something, and we believed in something bigger than us, some kind of power, and uh, we had a certain mental image of that power or of God. And I think one of the worst things the Lord has to deal with is the fact of how much he's been lied about. How much people have come and said, well, this is God, that is God, and this is the way he moves, that's the way he operates, and it isn't at all like that. And so when he actually moves, we reject him because it doesn't fit what we think. But the Lord, he just keeps moving. Uh, it, it's like, how many here have ever been lied about? Well, this side seems to be in bad shape. The, the, you guys seem to be okay. This side here, man, they, they've been really lied about. I don't know over that section what goes on over there, but it's, it's a, an irritation and even a great anger. That's not who I am. Our, our people think they know who you are, and then they accuse you of being who you're not, but they think that's who you are. It, 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 our response to that is a frustration even to the point of anger. Well, when the Bible talks about the wrath of God, it, he's not mad because what you do, it's because we don't believe the way he is. We've believed a lie. This is what we deal with, folks, and the day we live in today is deception. And the deception is, is God is being lied about and getting you to believe that false God and embrace it. Well, when that happens, then you've lost relationship with the true God. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why God said, to, to resolve the problem, I will become man and live and dwell amongst them. 
And he did that for 33-some years. We understand, died, rose again, ascended, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father right now. But he sent the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit of God can dwell in every single believer. And when the Holy Spirit comes, we as Pentecost, you know, Pentecostals, uh, we believe that as the Holy Spirit fills me, how I can really know is it changes my language. There's something about language. Now, when I first got saved and I heard that, I, uh, I, I never heard anything about that. And, and I went to a Pentecostal church and saw people speaking in tongues. And I thought it was the coolest thing uh, because of uh, uh, the, to know a language that you didn't have to study and read about to learn, you know, you could just get it. And I always wanted to be able to speak another language. Uh, the, the religion I was raised in, they spoke Latin. And you had to study Latin. And, you know, Latin. <laughs> it's a dead language. You know, I, I, I had to take two years of Latin. And uh, I can speak a little Latin. Would you like to hear a little Latin? Maria habut parvum agnum. Sounds cool. <laughs> I need to go quit laughing over there. That, that's what they spoke. So when I went to a Pentecostal church and I heard them speaking another language, it didn't freak me out. It was, just, it was better than Latin. It sounded cooler. And, uh, but I was intrigued by it. So I, I said, well, what is this? How do you? He said, well, just ask God to fill you. The Father will fill you with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost fills you up, and you'll begin to speak in another language. I said, man, well, how, how do you do it? He said, well, just ask the Father, and he'll fill you up. So I did, and I, nothing happened, you know. I, got, had my, I thought God would just take over and just make me say something, but he doesn't take over. That's another issue of knowing who God. We think God's just going to take over. He doesn't just take over. That's not him. And so I had to learn that, well, just begin to praise and worship him, and the language will come from your spirit and not your head, and just turn it loose. It's a, it's a miracle. And so uh, I, I <laughs> you be careful. This service ain't over yet. And so... And so and so, uh, sure enough, I began to speak in another language. Man, it was, oh, man, it was wonderful. I just speak and talk, speak. had no idea what I was doing, but it was great. I was talking another language. Well, the Holy Spirit comes, gives us a language, and through the speaking in that language, I begin to know God, the real one. Jesus said, I'll send you a comforter that will lead you into truth. Now, the fundamental truth is, is not who's going to win the next election. It's the reality of who God is. Who is God? Who is he? And the way you know who he is is by revelation. And the revelation is given to you by the Holy Spirit. So when I begin to pray in tongues, I'm beginning to build up a revelation. It, revelation is when the light goes on. You, you know, even when many of you begin, when you respond to me in prayer and you go, mm -hmm, yeah, amen, that, that is a 
natural response of catching a little light. You catch a little glimpse of something. You begin to see something. And when you see, it's information, but it doesn't really hit your head. It hits your spirit. You go, oh, oh, oh. It's, it's uh, as I said before, when we think we know about somebody, we gain that information by others. It's, and sometimes even from the person themselves, they say something, they do something, and so we think we know them. And all of a sudden, they'll say something else, or you see them do something, and you catch a glimpse of them that you never saw before, and you, oh, oh, that's, oh, that is wonderful. That's who you are. Becky and I have been married over 40 years. I'm still learning about her. Let me take a drink. This is a good place to take a drink. I remember one a couple I was counseling, and, and the guy just jumped up. And he said, I, I, I don't know her. It's impossible. How can I know her? I said, well, how long have you been married? We've been married 15 years, and I don't know her. I said, you, you've been living with this woman 15 years. Yeah, and you've been eating with her and sleeping with her and doing everything with her. You spend more time with her than anybody else. That's right, and I don't know her. I said, well, whose fault's that? I don't, him and I don't really, we don't have a relationship anymore, but uh, when I said that to him, I said, here you are, you, you've been given all that time, all that effort, what did you think marriage was about? Marriage is you have an opportunity to live with somebody to discover who they are, why they do what they do, where they come from, what they think about, you have all that opportunity and you have missed it all for 10, 12 years. You get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you have an opportunity. The Holy Spirit, folks, is closer to you than a spouse, best friend, parent. He lives within you, and the purpose of Him living within you is to cause you to discover who God really is. So for me to say, God, I just don't know what you're doing, then I, I, I am missing something, I am not tapping in to the ability to know who God is. The religion I was raised in, folks, I wanted to know God. This desire to know God is actually in every single person ever born. When you go up to somebody that you may say, well, I ain't saved, and you try to witness to them and they shine you on or whatever, deep down inside they have always had a desire to know the one that is greater than them, that created them, that is an internal knowledge that they are born with. Now man does his best to try to remove that and say there is no God or you just came out of a mud puddle or whatever the case may be, that is a forced knowledge that is trying to silence the reality that you have down inside. I want to know Him. That desire has came from birth. I was raised in a religion that taught me that God lived in a little box that was in the front. 
and you never could know him, and you had to bow before the box and all of that kind of thing. As a little kid, you really believed. And I, I always wanted to sneak into the church, open up the little door, and I knew I would see God sitting in in a lazy boy chair, big screen TV, iced tea. I didn't know what, but I knew something was in that box. When I got saved, it, I didn't see lightning bolts. I, didn't, I had no angelic visitation, but something happened inside. A light went on, and it was like, I know him. I know him. Nobody can come and say or try to prove to me that the Bible is all full of contradictions, God's not real, you never see him, and all of their arguments, uh, but they cannot convince me because I know him. And the knowledge that I have received of him did not come from a book, it came from revelation. Revelation, folks, revelation is the very key, it is the very foundation of our Christianity. I've thought a lot about how a Christian is different than a non-Christian. You know, and, and uh, we must get, be careful about that because, well, how, how are we different? What makes me different? What, what, what makes me separate from the rest of the world? And so the church always has, uh, uh, seems to, wrestle with this, and so to win the law, we need to be more like the church, uh, uh, and so we try to dress like them, or talk like them, or act like them, and then we're at the other stream, well, we're different, so we're not at all like the world, and so we dress differently, we talk differently, and, and we try to be different all by the outside, the outward person or outward services and so on, instead of understanding what really makes us different. To make us different is, first of all, we ought to understand we all came from the same lump. I know there's doctrines that float through in universalism. Well, I, I do believe in universalism. And what I mean by that is that we all started as dirt. We all came, the Bible talks about we came from the same lump. Now, ladies, I will give you credit. You didn't, the men, we began with dirt. God took out of the dirt and formed woman. So women are like one more step beyond dirt. And, and <laughs> I'm trying... Trying not to offend. See, I'm trying to really guard my words here, trying not to offend because you don't really know me and you've been probably checking me out for 15 minutes before you really believe what I'm saying. So, but it's true. Ladies, you weren't made from dirt. You're one step, God took dirt and then made you. So, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where I'm going with all this. And... <laughs> That's why little boys will automatically pick up rocks and throw them. It's not a sexist thing. It's not. The, the little boys just love dirt. It's, it's Mother Earth. It's dirt. Little girls don't seem to just automatically. Now, they, you can teach them getting dirt, and then they get really dirty. But normally, never mind. Let's just go on and... and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, this is going to be good, really. 
And so, uh, so, <clears throat> I got to find that verse. We all came from the same lump, dirt. God formed man out of dirt. Let's say we were all sinners, same lump. Didn't matter if you were a Jew, Gentile, Greek, slave, free, rich, poor, man, woman, child, same lump. Right? I really want you to grab a hold of this. Because universalism is we are. It doesn't matter the race. It doesn't matter the color of skin. It's, it's all confusing right now. Everybody's confused about this thing. But as a believer, I understand that there's no racism because we all came from the same lump. We came out of Adam. Adam messed up, and so we came out of the messed up stuff. All of us. Didn't matter what religion you went. Didn't matter if you're good or poor. Didn't matter if you're a drug addict or not. Didn't matter if you're an altar boy or a drug dealer or a thief or peeping Tom. We're all out of the same stuff, folks. We were, came out of dirt. We were lost. What, made, uh, what makes dirt special is that you take a seed and you put something in the dirt and it produces we had to have something put in us to make us different than dirt. Without having what put in us was not put in us, we remained dirt. So we heard the gospel, which is the word of God, which Peter says is an incorruptible seed, fell into your heart. Came through your hearing, hit your heart. And it began to produce the image of the seed, which is Christ. You're becoming more like Christ. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Say, yes, I am. I am becoming more like Christ. Why? Because the dirt's special? It's special now because it contains the seed. That is what makes me different. Not because I go to church, not because I uh, speak in tongues, but the seed of heaven, the Word of God, got into my heart, and it's producing in me a new creation. Praise God. When you see a plant, if there was a plant up here that was real, uh, it came out of dirt. Is it all dirt? No. Is it all seed? No. It's a mixture of two that has produced this magnificent plant, tree, whatever. So we've been born again of an incorruptible seed, and that seed is growing. My responsibility is to take care of the seed in the, in the, in the heart or the dirt that it was found, uh, put in and see that thing begin to grow and begin then to produce fruit. The fruit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, all of that, folks, is in the seed. You don't have to pray, God, give me more patience. Uh, just let the seed grow, and it begins to become more patient. God, I need love. Yes, amen. Love will begin to be produced in my life simply by the seed being taken care of. Now, the seed falls into what we call the heart. That heart, 
Uh, there, it, if you ever really think about dirt. <laughs> okay, let, let's uh, get a Bible scripture. And I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. Dirt is magnificent, really. Just think about it for folks, a minute, folks. God created the world. I mean, he, he, He's so wild. And He created the earth and the world, and, and everything in the earth and the world is, is a reflection of Him. To begin to know about God, uh, man could just look at nature. They don't see God in nature. God is not a tree. Amen? Well, I didn't know if you were checking that out. Maybe you, uh, well, Flagstaff, where I'm from, <laughs> God's everywhere. Rocks, trees, fish, birds. Uh, he's not in a tree. He's not in a bird. Uh, he might be in a few of your dogs. Some of you, he might be in there. But he, he created that. It's not who he is, but it's something that he did, something that he created. When, when uh, Becky uh, sews and makes dresses, does all kinds of things, she's even now into building houses. And so when I see what she does, I say, that is marvelous. But that's not her. So nature is a reflection of God. It kind of uh, gets me close to him, but doesn't really tell me who he really is. I want to really know the person that made that tree. I'd really like to, so everything he did in creating is a reflection of him, and it almost like gives me a clue of how I can relate to him and how he relates to me. So dirt has a remarkable ability to break down anything you put in it. When, that's why if you put wood, if you just put wood into dirt, we understand that after a period of time, that wood is just going to break down and fall apart. You've got to treat the wood or it's going to just fall apart because dirt does that. It just works on whatever you put in it. The heart is compared to the dirt. In Mark chapter 4, did you find it? Okay. I haven't yet, but I will. And, and the Lord is giving us a really, really interesting thing here. So in Mark chapter 4, uh, verse 13, he said to them, he, he's talking to the disciples. He says, do you not understand the parable? Know then when you understand all the parables, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He, the parable is taking nature and explaining spiritual things. So the Word of God, I'm preaching the Word of God. That Word is being sown, not in your head. That's why sometimes I can hear sermons, I say, I have no idea what in the world that was, but something happened in my heart. Because that Word hit the heart. Its, its aim is to be cast into your heart. So the heart is, I'm not talking about the physical organ, but your heart, that spiritual man, woman, the, the, the driving force, the center of your very being will break down anything that is put in it. And the way it gets in it is by your hearing. When I hear something, 
and I let it in. See, we have, we're made this way, folks. We're created by God. This is not, you don't, you just know, you just have done this. You might not have stepped back and analyzed it or examined it, but it's happening. So whatever you let into your heart, I remember witnessing to a woman and uh, we were working in a clothing store and she's a big Swedish woman, this wonderful lady, but, but she, she was still of the same lump. And uh, I'm talking to her, trying to get the, I said, oh, come on, just open up your heart. I give my heart to no one. She was serious. She gives it to no one. So what is she saying? She's not going to listen at a level that allows those words in. So we listen to, how, we're, we live in the most noisiest planet, folks. I mean, noise and voices and chattering and words after words after words after words. After words uh, and we actually listen, but our listening is very dull because of the multitude of words. We're not comfortable with silence. We, we have to fill it with something. But the problem with that, folks, is that it causes our hearing to become dull. And so when God speaks, His Word to get into your heart has to be through hearing, but we're so dull. We, we've, we've become listening to too much of everything, and it damages the ear. God is, what I sense in, in, in the assembly, this, this church, this group of, as we gather together, God is sharpening hearing. He's going to do something, folks, with our hearing. Because the devil is flooding the market with teachers. Some, all of his, is false teachers. Doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. A seducing spirit has the ability to, to like, uh, tickle your hearing. The, the Bible talks about scratching their itch. You know, they heap teachers to themselves because they speak, and as they speak, they're getting an uh, uh, itch scratched. They're, they're being appealed to it, and what that is is a seducing spirit. And so the Lord, he, he, He's way ahead of the game. And so what He does is He improves our hearing. This is the thing that uh, the seed falling into the heart, it produces what it does. It produces better hearing. Not uh, physical. I got hearing. I, I pray all the time, God, I need better hearing. My spiritual man is hearing better now than ever. Amen. Now, the, the devil, he's going to lie to you on this level all the time. Well, you don't hear God. Oh, no, you just hear, you just hear in your own voice. No, no, no. I, my hearing is improving because I was born with a hearing that responded only to the shepherd, only to the mother, only I knew his voice. I may not understood it, and this is what Jesus meant, my sheep know my voice. How? By birth. Seed went into the dirt, and one of the things that it produced was hearing. Hearing what? God. Amen. Amen, folks. It, 
Hey. 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 You must believe you hear God. Amen. You have to fundamentally begin to understand that when that seed fell into the ground, into your heart, you hear. All right, Mark chapter 4. I want to go through this real... Where's that clock? If I could just shoot, I can't, folks, really, I can't believe it's this late already. Um, all right, you, you've, you've studied this before. So the Lord is showing me in this parable, actually several parables in Mark chapter 4. He says, uh, the sower sows the word. So I'm just sowing the word. I'm just throwing the word out. I'm preaching the word. The word is sown by speech, speaking. And so... Uh, these are ones by the wayside where the word is sown when they hear. See, hear. Satan comes when? Like right now? In this service. Satan's here. <laughs> Amen. Not the guy next to you. It's the, that ain't the Antichrist. That ain't Satan. Spiritually comes immediately. And what is he after? The Word. So if I say, you hear God, he comes. No, you don't. You get this battle going on. You get this, you get this fight going on. And as you read through this, he talks about others sowing on stony ground. When they hear, they receive it with gladness, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation Persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately, they stumble or they're offended. See, we've all experienced this. Whether we have known it or not, we have all experienced You get the word. Well, God will meet your needs. Yay. Amen. Amen. God will meet my needs. He'll even give you the ability to determine how much of your needs He'll meet. By your sowing. If you sow little, you reap little. So much, you'll reap much. You believe it? Yeah. Amen, brother. I believe it. It's in the book. I hear it. Man, I believe it. And tomorrow, you lose your job. Tribulation comes. You lose your job. Uh, somebody steals a bunch of your money. Your wife buys 10 pairs of shoes. Whatever the case may be. Tribulation hits your money. And the first thing is... Well, I got, I got, I got, they ain't going to meet my needs. You're offended because your experience is not lining up with what God has said. Then if you get past the tribulation, if you get past, you lose your job and you say, well, Mr. Employer, thank you very much for working here. I love you. God bless you. And I know God's got a better job. Amen. Amen. That's the way we all would like to do, but we struggle at times. But if you get past the tribulation, then there's persecution, people problems, people issues, people saying bad things about you, all that. All, all of that stuff is not there because you're doing wrong. It's because you probably heard the word and you have received it. That's why be in your church, 
You can only tell when a church has the word being preached because there's always this undergoing time turmoil or persecution, money problems, and all it's there for is to get you to quit listening. And so in here, instead of hearing the pastor or the teacher's word, you're, it's being robbed immediately because someone in the church, you're looking over there and, and, and you're ticked off at them and mad at them because what they said or did, and you just, ah, I can't believe, look at that bunch of hypocrites. And that may be true. Everybody here may be a hypocrite. But that ain't the issue. The issue is that I want to hear the Word of God. Amen. I want to hear what God has to say. So it goes on, and he, and, he, and he talks about the desire for other things. He talks about the cares of the world. Cares we could spend some time on. Quit worrying. Worrying is not a gift. It, 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 worrying is a strategy of the devil to choke out the Word of God. When you worry, it is meditating the wrong thing. You're meditating the wrong thing. Your heart, when someone says something to you, and you receive that, and you put it in your heart, it'll begin to go to work on it and break it down and move it through your body, move it through your life. If someone says you're stupid, and you let that get in your ear and in your heart, and you meditate, care over what they said, and that heart of yours will begin to break down anything that you put in it. So Jesus is teaching all of this so that these folks can begin to be fruitful 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Now, I want to know who he is. <laughs> Revelation chapter 1. We got a little more time, okay? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. So, Revelation. I want you to catch this because this is, this is something that I really feel is a driving in the time we're living in. We know last days, everything's being shook up. America, I don't know what's going to happen. All, everything we're dealing with as believers and as churches, the Lord is doing this. And He's doing this not in response of the season we're in, the season has actually caused, the season's actions are happening because of what God, it's responding to God. God never reacts. He acts. He's moving. He, he's not afraid of the devil. He's, he's took care of him. He's not afraid of anything. He's, he has destiny and he has purpose. So when I see what's happening in the world, it isn't, oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? The world is simply reacting let me, let me put it this way to explain it. Jesus said, I'll build my church. And upon this rock, which was a revelation of who he is. When Peter said, thou art the Christ, he got a revelation. The Father has revealed this to you. You didn't get it from flesh and blood. You got it from the Father. That is the rock of the church. He said, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Gates are not offensive. They're defensive. The church invades and tears down the gates. It tears down the gates. Listen carefully. It tears down the gates by revelation of Jesus. 
the more I know of Jesus, the more I've invaded hell and tear apart his spoil, which is the lies about God. So, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place, and he sent and signified it by his angels to his servant John. I will skip down, and I want you to see John, down in verse 10. He said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. What you see, write in a book, send it to the seven churches, Asia, then he lists Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke with me. Well, God, there is not a small, still voice. There is a trumpet a sound that is coming in the body of Christ. You're hearing a sound. It's just like anything in the night. When I hear a sound, I have to turn to see what it is. John is facing something. He's, he's facing what he said, I'm on the Isle of Patmos, but I'm there for the Word of God. Wherever you're at, it may be good times, bad times, sick health, whatever. You're there for the Word. And there is a sound that is causing you to turn. You're no longer going to face situations. You turn your face to see the sound, to see the voice. I want to see where that is coming from. I want to see the source of that sound. When he turned to see the source, we understand is a revelation of Jesus. Jesus saying, I am Alpha, the Omega, first, last. He turned to see the voice, and having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. He did not see Jesus, and we won't take the time, but as you read, we understand the lampstands is the church. And the church being uh, shown as a lampstand holds light. It's, it's, it's holding a light. And that light is, is resting on this golden, pure gold, pure heaven, pure God. is a revelation, light. I am the light of the world. So the body of believers, as we gather together, folks, you're going to begin to hear a sound. And that sound is causing you to turn away from the obstacles and the hell and the devil and the weakness and all of it. It makes you turn and you begin to have a face-and-face -face encounter with Jesus Christ. You begin to see Him face-to-face -face because the sound is getting louder. It's not, it's, it's not the small, still voice. Thank God for that. That's fine. But I need a trumpet. I want a voice so loud that that's him. You will know that voice is him. Two things. It causes you to turn away 
from the problem. Oh, did you hear this? And it causes you, because you hear a different sound. Sounds attract. So it makes me turn, and then I hear His Word. I hear Him speak. It's not just a, a, a sound any longer. He'll actually speak to you. You will know that it's Him because that Word will produce faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. So how can I hear the Word of God? He put the seed in the ground. Devil fights, and what he tries to do is clog up your hearing. Be careful. Don't give your ear to everything. I know when I have enough listening of any news, whether it's Fox, CNN, doesn't matter. I, I'll listen to it, but then all of a sudden I begin to feel an anger or a frustration or a fear. I turn it off. I say, ah, that's enough of that junk. But when I hear him, it will automatically bring faith. It will automatically bring his love. It removes the fear. And what the word will be is who he is. So God, give me, give me out of the mess. What am I supposed to do? And it doesn't seem like he's too worried about it. He just lets it hang out there. He, he, and, and it's happened to me countless numbers of times, folks, that I'd be worried about one of the kids. I'm worried about my future. I'm worried about my health. God, what are you, what are you, show me a sign. i got to see a sign, Lord, Some, something. And so instead of that, he just comes and loves me. It's, uh, it's incredible. I just be great. All of a sudden, I feel his love is just pouring on me. I, I just say, God, I love you. I'm not worthy of your love. God, what are you doing? God, what about the kids over there? And all of a sudden, that love, it intoxicates me. If you let it on you enough, allow it to flow through you, it will intoxicate you. Lord, Lord, what are the kids? Ah, the kids will be fine, Lord. Hey, no problem, money. Oh, the, hey, love. God loves me, man. He's going to provide. No problem. That becomes a reality, folks. Do you know who He is? By knowing Him, you'll invade hell. Hell is simply being driven out. The, the, their gates are flying all off the hinges because you and I beginning to grow in our knowledge of Him. I want you to stand to your feet this morning, folks. I want you to take both finger, index fingers, and we're going to get some lightning. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastor, you, you started it, brother. So, and I want you to take these fingers, and not, not up here, put them in your ears. Now, before you do that, because I want you to hear me. Amen. I'm believing God's going to send some lightning right into our ears. Heal my hearing. That his voice will not be a, well, I think it was God. It will be such a sound, so loud of a sound, penetrating your hearing, falling into your heart. And it will be a revelation of him. Oh, that I might know him. That I might know him. The way we know him is through the hearing. And it'll cause us to hear so loud that voice that makes me turn away from the world and all of its issues and face Him face to face. We're changed from glory to glory. Take your fingers, put them in your ear. 
Father, we thank you today. Oh, Jesus, we love you. We love you. But you have loved us. You have loved us over and over and over and will never cease loving us. I thank you, Lord, by the Spirit of God that our ears are open, that our ears be healed, that our ears would come attuned, that they would come to attention, and that we would decline our ears to hear your voice. Lord, your word is the most important thing in our life. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the Father's mouth. I thank you, Lord, that in this assembly, you love us so much, you speak to us. You are always speaking to us. You're always revealing yourself to us, and we're so grateful for that, Lord. And we know now, Father, that there is a fertilizer There is a lightning, as it were, causing growth to happen quickly, rapidly, where we begin to hear what he says. What I sense him saying, okay, you can take your fingers out of your ears. He talks to us all the time, and he wants us to begin to agree with him. We must, we must move, folks, from just hearing to speaking what he says. You speak to that mountain. Whatever he says about it, I have to hear, not just, I'm not grabbing it. God, what are you saying? And whatever he says, I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak. You get that to happen and together, then that's his power, his love and revelation of who he is. He is, he, he is so delighted. It's like he just, he's on his tiptoes because you folks are, are committed. You're, you love him, and, and, and you're faithful in the good and the bad. That's what's great. Whether it's good or bad, you're faithful. You're there. Hey, it's bad, but praise God. I still love God. And so because of that positioning of your own heart, He's able to speak. If we read the Scripture, that's why he told the side, he says, to the others on the outside, they, they, they don't know the kingdom. They don't know the mysteries. But to you, it's given. I would say that would be the word for you. It's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom. It's been given to you. Father, I thank you. Devil, you'll not steal the word. No, sir. No, sir. You're gone. You're gone. You're gone. We will hold on. Father, that you will strengthen us with might, that we will hold on. We will not let the word slip. We will not let the word. Father, whether we go through the persecution or whether we go through troubles or whether the cares of the life or all of these things that may come against our life, it is for the purpose of stealing the word. But we will hold on. We will hold on to Jesus, that word that became flesh. We will hold on to that. And I thank you, Father, that has been given to us to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. I release that spirit and that anointing upon this place in the name of Jesus. I want you to begin to just praise him and worship him. Just begin to praise and worship him today. Allow him to minister to you. Father, we thank you today and we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord, and we worship thee, Jesus, and we give you glory, Father. We give you honor, Lord. We praise you. We praise you.
Thank you, Jesus. This morning, there's you battle this chattering, robs you of sleep. It's just this kind. It's like a static that's set up. That's there because you really want to hear the Lord. So the the enemy is trying to uh, counter that, and it just is this. The, the, it just doesn't seem to be clear. It's it's like a radio that's not tuned in properly. It's staticky. Uh, if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand. If you relate to that, just just if if you raise your hand. The reason I'd like you to raise your hand because you recognize something. You're saying, yeah, that 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 seats that identifying. Oh, I'm I'm here. Okay, there's a static. Well, God never does that to just well, okay. You got it. Well, learn to live with it. He's 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 going to re- remove that. He wants that. He wants you to understand. Number one, it's just a spirit. It's just a little chattering thing. It's just like a little fruit fly trying to hinder and, and just you you just get out of here shut up don't argue with the devil don't debate with him the 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 answer to that is just shut up devil just shut up just shut up you got to say it a hundred times a day just because just shut up devil and go on that 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 will that will really go away I thank you father I thank you father there's something else. He's after something else, too. There, um, Lord, I thank you and praise you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord, and worship you. I praise you, Father. I worship you. Um, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening within this body, and there's a lot of you that will have dreams at night. You'll, you'll be asleep, and God will give you a dream. Uh, you need to get up and write it down. Okay, uh, write it down. Yeah, I know. There's been times God spoke to me, and it's like I'll never forget that. <laughs> Ten minutes later, forgot it. That's why he told John. He says, "Write it down." John was having a dream. Basic when he was in the spirit, it's he's in a, in a dream situation. He's he's not in the natural. He's, he's in that different place, and you're all familiar with that place. And in that place, God spoke to him, and he says, write it down. Uh, you need to write it down. Partly of, part of the, the thing about God and his dream to you is it gives you a strategy to pray. He, wants, he gives you the insight, the mystery, then he wants you to pray it into the physical, from the spirit into the physical by you speaking. That's why uh, I appreciate when Pastor, would pray. He, he declared things. He, de- he declared the, the worship singing was, a, was declaration. Uh, and that's that uh, many times in the governing of the body, the church, we speak. We're governing. We're declaring. And then God is able to move. Jesus said, I speak and the Father does the work. He would speak and then the Father comes and he does, does the work. Hallelujah. Father, I, I thank you and praise you, Lord. All that chattering, that, that buzzing, we cease it today. We shut up, devil. Just shut up. Just shut up. Get out. I'm not listening. We're not talking. Shut up. And Lord, we thank you today. 
that you give your beloved rest and sleep. You give them rest, and in that rest you'll speak to us. And Father, give us strength to rise and write it down. Lord, we, we will respond to that. We'll be obedient to that. And I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Bless all the leaders and teachers and members in this body of Christ. Bless the parents. Father, give them wisdom in this time as they walk in raising children, Lord. Give them wisdom and guidance. Father, the elders, that our wisdom will be shared and given to others. Lord, that there be strength and your powers operate in such a wonderful way, Father. That power of God that is continually operating. I thank you for open ears. I thank you, Father, for hearing. I thank you, Lord, that you would speak to us and reveal to us the mysteries of your kingdom. Amen, amen. Pastor, would you come? God bless you, folks. Love you. Praise God, brother. Praise God. Yeah. Well, I don't know about lightning, but it was a good word, and it touched our lives. Amen. Praise God. Our, our ministry team's coming up, and we're going to uh, release you today. So if you need prayer for anything, you need to just contend or whatever and have somebody believe God for you, come on up. Let our ministry team pray for you. We're going to let you go today. God bless you. You have a wonderful, wonderful Sunday afternoon. Uh, remember, all the men, tonight, 6 o'clock for pizza, 6.30, Pastor Joe is going to be ministering to us and speaking to all the men. So come on out for that. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.